my early days of trading at SG Warburg, the desk head gave me the smallest equity derivative book to manage, which happened to be the Italian market. In those days, Italian yields on government debt were over 12%, so there was no great need for a material equity market. The Italian market ebbed and flowed with the political cycle of government that averaged about nine months. First three months rallied on optimism that this time the government would survive. Three months of wobble as reality set in, and finally three months of decline as the government collapses into acrimony. Unfair and simplistic representation of Italy in the 1990s, but it does introduce the Italian word incertezza, or uncertainty. The whole financial system operates with their collective heads in the future. The value of any financial instrument is the present value of future cash flows that are adjusted based on the probability that they will realise. A bank discounts the present value of a loan based on the ability of the borrower to pay it back. Investors value equities based on the potential to generate cash in the future that the company would distribute via dividends or from the proceeds of a sale. Markets collapse when the spectre of uncertainty grips the financial community. In 2008, it got so bad that banks could not lend to other banks for one day, as they had no idea how much toxic stuff they had stuffed under the proverbial carpet. We are currently in a strange and uncertain time with the COVID-19 pandemic. Governed policy U-turning at every step, as shown by the Great Mask Debate. The mainstream media are pushing a hysterical narrative around the Loch Ness Monster that is the second wave. It is no wonder that people are losing their minds due to extended periods of lockdown. Schools, however, have gone back. The streets are buzzing again. The roads are now back to gridlock. The memory of empty highways and skies is, thankfully, a thing of the past. So why are the central zones of our principal cities still ghost towns? What or who does Extension Rebellion think they are disrupting? I can only imagine they are bored with a situation like the rest of us. In the world of corporations, uncertainty has gripped their decision-making. They cannot send their staff back to the office as their liability from lawsuits is too great. I have some sympathy, but when it is not your company, there's so little leadership to stick one's neck out and tell everyone that summer is now over and it's time to get back on the commute and start interacting. We also need to get back buying lunches from vendors such as the chicken katsu wrap vendor on Petticoat Market. My Friday treat. I miss it and I hope they survive this madness. The atomization of large swathes of white-collar staff messing around with their Zoom virtual background presents a significant risk to individuals' health as well as corporations. Physical buildings such as the Bloomberg HQ in London is a fine example of the overlap and interaction between staff and confident corporate culture. I have for the past two decades held up the flame that risk management starts with identification and then measurement. Pandemic-induced risk of atomization and the breakdown in a shared and diverse culture that binds us 
is hard for a spreadsheet monkey in HQ to measure. Much easier than to point to the drop in staff travel and building costs and conclude this is the way forward. Atomization risk is, however, real. And the sooner we get it on the operational risk registry, the better for all our mental health. <laughs>